0: or if you consider yourself a spiritual exile with no real place of belief to call home, then I have you especially in mind, and I hope you'll stick around. Peter Reynolds is one of the most awarded and lauded writers of children's books in the world. As a storyteller and illustrator, And movie maker, he has more than 50 titles to his credit. He is I have a picture of him here. Can we get him? There he is. His most well-known publication is called The Dot. The book is so popular that it has its own day. International Dot Day has been celebrated every September 15-ish for the last 20 years. Well, I'd like not to read The Dot, but I'd like to read one of uh, Reynolds' books to you this morning. And it will only take a few minutes. And it is called Be You. So if you will indulge me for just a second. You were born to be so many things. My wish for you, no matter where your journey leads, is for you to always be you. Be ready to take that next step toward being an amazing human being. Be curious, turn every stone, ask every why, and keep digging deeply. Discover your own answers. Be adventurous, live a big life. When you're ready, step outside your comfort zone. Bravely explore new paths and see where they lead you. Be connected. Find kindred spirits. Be with those who make you feel like the real you. Be persistent. Keep going. Never stop. Keep going. Never stop. Keep going. Never stop. Be different. Be silly, be quirky, be odd, be unique, be weird, be colorful, be okay with being different, be just the way you are. Be kind. Help those around you to be themselves. Listen, then listen some more, and then listen some more. Learn more about who they are. Be brave. Try new things. Take a deep breath and plunge forward into new experiences. It gets easier every time you try. Be your own thinker. Think for yourself. Set your own course. It isn't always easy, but you'll be heading in the direction of you. Be okay being alone. Take time to be on your own. Hear your own thoughts. Your own inner voice. Listen to your heart. Be patient. Being you takes some time. Take big, deep breaths. Relax. Let your future unfold at its own, at its own pace. It will be worth the wait. Be okay reaching out for help. When you need a helping hand, a compassionate ear, an encouraging word reach out. And as you voyage out into the world, remember this. No matter what, you will always be loved. Now, I'm not so sure this is a children's book. We who are adults stand in need of this tale more desperately Than any collection of children. Because children have the advantage on us. They are way ahead of us. Jesus said as much. Intuitively, a child knows to be himself or herself, to be curious, to be adventurous. But as we grow older and we become sensitive to the culture around us and we learn to pick up on the clues and the cues of approval and rejection. As our once open hearts and minds close under protective armor, we forget this. We misplace the courage to live the unique life God invites us to live. We lose touch with our own identity. So much so that when we are grown up, we don't even know who we are. And if you don't know who you are, stumbling around with emotional and spiritual amnesia, it's really difficult to live a life of true meaning and purpose. Peter Reynolds' book should be supplied to all adults as required reading. Be you. That's the challenge I talked about last Sunday from Psalm 38 and building on the work of Dr. James Hollis. I spoke about identity. Look deep within. Know thyself. Allow God to awaken your strength of soul Do business with that false self, the life you were leading that maybe somebody else picked out for you that you did not pick for yourself, the life that you simply collapsed into because it was the path of least resistance. Take the risk and dig through all those layers of protection and charade and deep inside of you, you just might find the most delightful stranger, someone you used to know, yourself. Your true self, that childlike, unique, courageous, beloved person waiting to enter the world. And I said last week in the words of Dr. James Hollis, you are irrevocably responsible for your own life. Step into the largeness of your journey. See that continuing to live a life that is not your own is a betrayal of your own soul. Or as Peter Reynolds put it, be you. It will take you every day you have left to live in this world to do this. And even in the end, you will be an incomplete work. None of us will arrive. We will all journey on. And I can't tell you where your life will take you. No one can. But I will attempt today to offer you a starting point. That starting point is where Reynolds' book, Be You, ends you are loved now those who have a profound sense of being loved they find the courage to be themselves like few others people that have this awareness that god's deep compassion abides on them and within them these people find a way to truly live. Because when you are fully loved and you know that, there's hardly anything that will keep you locked in. You will break loose out of all boundaries. Because love gives you an inner strength that really you've been dying for since you arrived in the world. As Paul Tillich says, grace is the acceptance of the fact that you are accepted. That's a good definition for God's love. I came across this quote by James Hollis. And I sent it to my sister. Uh, Just bear with me, I'll tell you why. But i would read this before, and in fact, I, I know I read it before because you ever pick up an old book and go through a book that you'd read previously and look at your little scratchings in the margins? You do read? Do you read? I recommend reading. Start, start with this little blue book I had today. Well, you pick up an old book that you read maybe years ago and you, you, thought, you thought, well, I read that book and I got everything out of it. But then when you pick it up at a different stage in life, it speaks to, it, it speaks to you again in a different way. That's how the Bible works people that know the Bible so well and read so much of the scriptures, they come, keep coming back to it because it speaks differently, lands on their ears differently. Well, I was reading Hollis's book at some point in the past and highlighted this paragraph and I sent it to my sister and I'll tell you why in just a second. The quote that begins, how different, how different the world would be if each parent could say to the child, who you are is terrific. All you are meant to be And who you are, as you are, is loved by all of us. Always respect the well-being of the other, but live your own journey. Risk being that which wishes to enter the world through you, and you will always have our love, even if your path takes you away from us. Such persons would then have a powerful tool To enable them to change their lives. Such persons would be able to make difficult decisions. Mindful always of the impact on others. But also determined to to live the life intended by God. Who brought us here. That's what love does. It sets people free. It doesn't grasp. It doesn't smother. It doesn't stymie. It doesn't seek to own or to control someone else. It doesn't act in fear because, as the New Testament says, perfect love casts out fear. Love sets the other free. Love gives that sense of knowing and being known. Love undergirds and strengthens and acts as a launching pad for another person to live their life with no strings attached. No cajoling, no shaming, no finger-pointing, no condemning. Be loved. Then you are ready to be you. Now, the reason I sent that quote to my sister and the reason that I'm sharing it with you now, not many of us got that kind of love growing up, did we? And not everyone gets that kind of love from their spouse or their partner after childhood. Now hear me out. Don't, don't stop listening until I'm finished with this thought. Because if you stop listening, you're going to take a, a conclusion away that I don't want you to have. My upbringing was quite transactional. Be a good boy. And if you'll be a good boy, you will feel the love. Now, be a bad boy and love would be withdrawn. I'm talking about punishment. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm so disappointed. My son said, "Me, Dad, just tell us you hate me. Don't ever say, oh, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That's a killer, isn't it? Well, it wasn't for me. It wasn't just disappointment. You could really feel deep inside that love was often conditional. Now, this is why I want you to keep listening. My parents weren't bad people. They were actually very good people, moral people, godly people. But they were just like the rest of us. Wounded and fractured themselves. Looking for love and affirmation themselves. They only knew to do what they had been taught to do. And I know this isn't a blanket statement for everybody in every situation. But if you're going to get on with this life with true spiritual awakening... Until you accept the fact that so many people were just doing the best that they could do, even when your experience as a child, as a spouse, as a sibling could have been far more healthy, until you get to a point of extending grace even to them, you're really not going to get on with it very far. Everybody is just trying to do the best they can. And sometimes the best that a person can do harms other people. They don't have that sense of love strengthening them from within. And this is why I'm challenging you to go deeper, to look within, to peel back the layers and layers of protective barnacles. As you do that, you will begin to realize that you are, in fact, loved by God. God loves you. That is the core of the gospel. For God so loved the world. I know you think you'll never be good enough. Some of you. You think you'll never measure up. Some people feel like they don't deserve to be loved. That they haven't earned forgiveness. That their mistakes or their place in life somehow disqualifies them from being accepted by God. And if that's you today, you have been lied to your entire life if you believe that. Your parents... Your religion, your partners, your bosses, they can all knowingly or unknowingly condition and train you to be ashamed, to feel rejected, and to think that you are somehow damaged goods and unlovable. But listen, are you still listening? The people who do that to you <laughs> are just like you. They're needy, they're fragile. They're defensive, and they're looking for you to satisfy their needs. That's why they can't help you. And we become slaves to the expectations of others doing and saying things we don't mean to hold on to approval that we don't need, wasting time and energy we don't have. And for what? The fleeting approval of someone who is just as fractured as we are. And if they pat you on the head, and five minutes later you'll be back on track trying to get another pat on the head. That's not love. Might be emotional blackmail, but it's not love. Might be a psychological transaction, but it's not love. Only love will do, only love is the cure. Only God's love, strengthening your inner person, rooting and settling you, will give you the wholeness to act, to live, and to be at peace to be you. Back to that prayer. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources that God will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is His love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Leave that up for just a second. Maybe some of you should take a picture of it on the wall, go home, print it out, and stick it on your refrigerator. Because what you are most desperate for, God is willing to supply. How do we open ourselves up to more of God's love, to be strengthened internally? Well, prayer is helpful in whatever way that you might pray. I think quiet contemplation and meditation might even be better. Nature, art, beauty, for all of history, these things have opened the human heart, the human heart to things eternal and beyond. And I think Richard Rohr is, co- is correct when he says that the blossoming of the inner life is the result of one of two things, deep prayer or suffering. <laughs> now, prayer or pain, truth is we don't like either one of these. We live such busy lives in the 21st century that few of us can actually stop and contemplate anything. we got too much to do, too much to look at, too many distractions. And if we do stop and get off the merry-go-round for a while and say, I'm taking a little break, people treat you like you're lazy. What's wrong with you? Well, I might be trying just to retain my sanity, thank you very much. Right? But contemplation is hard. Prayer like that is hard. But so is So is suffering. And I think this is what we do living in the 21st century when we come up against something that causes us discomfort or pain. You know what the first question we ask is? How fast can I get rid of this? Right? Anything. If it hurts, how quick can I get rid of this? And I think that's the wrong question. Questions we should be asking is, why has this come to me at this time? What lesson can I learn here Will this lead me to go deeper within? Will this open my heart? Is there something in my inner person that can be born? Can I be born again by sticking with the suffering just a little while instead of running away from it? By avoiding anything that hurts or distresses us, we can't build the capacity to know more of God's love and to go stronger within. So don't be afraid of those things that interrupt your life, that get your attention, that make you stop powerlessness over a situation, loss of control, sickness, aging. No, you shouldn't sadistically go looking for heartache. Oh God, would you just please hurt me so that I can know your love better? That is ridiculous. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that life is hard enough on its own. And what you do and how you respond to those hardships determines whether or not you will run away or whether or not you will embrace And let the power of God show itself fresh and new within you. I started with a children's book. I'll finish with one. This one is not a contemporary book, but it's a classic written by Marjorie Williams. The Velveteen Rabbit. It's a hundred years old now. A little boy receives this sweet little stuffed velvet rabbit as a Christmas gift. And the rabbit is, a hundred years before Woody and Buzz, very conscious that he is a toy. And the rabbit, maybe like Pinocchio, wants to be real. The oldest toy in the nursery is a toy called the skin horse. And by means of his long experience, he is able to tell the velveteen rabbit how toys can become real. It takes love, he says, and a lot of it. And the conversation goes like this. What is real? Does it mean having things that buzz inside of you and a stick out handle? The velveteen rabbit asked the skin horse one day. The skin horse answered, real isn't how you are made. It's the thing that happens to you. When you were loved for a long, long time. Not just to play with. But someone really loves you. Then you become real. Does it hurt? Asked the Velveteen Rabbit. Sometimes. Said the Skin Horse. But when you are real. You don't mind being hurt. It takes a long time. And this is why. Those. Who break easily or those who have sharp edges, or those who are too delicate, they can't become real because they're always too careful. Generally, and I think I have this quote, generally by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off. Some of you are really loved. Your eyes drop out. You get loose in your joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. And once you're real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts forever. I'm not so sure that The Velveteen Rabbit is a children's book either. It doesn't matter if you are six or 60 or 106, you still have time. Time to be real. Time to accept all the love that God has to give. Time to dive deep within, not in self-absorbed, navel-gazing, narcissistic, a narcissistic way, but in a way opposite of that. A way that is patient and kind with others and with yourself. A way that is never boastful or obnoxious or selfish. A way that is honest and true. A way that perseveres and persists A way of simultaneous strength and gentleness. And we have a word for that in the English language. It is called simply love. Love is real. God's love is real. God's love is what will make you real. If you are willing to let it work on you from the inside out.